Hello, beloved. You are welcome to today's episode. God bless you for tuning in. Father, I thank you for your son and your daughter. Thank you for this opportunity to learn of you. Let the entrance of your word today bring great understanding. Let their day be filled with so much joy in the knowledge of your ever presence with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So today I have it heavy on my heart to admonish us about the power of passing on the knowledge of God to your children and to people around you. Because there's a mystery, I would say, in storytelling that sometimes you find yourself hearing a story. It may not seem like it's important, but then a situation arises where that story pops up in your mind. And then you're able to open your mouth and share it. Today, I just want to encourage us to pass on the knowledge of our experiences with God to the next generation. It is very paramount to do so. And we will be reading from the book of Judges, chapter 2, verse 7 to 12. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. In this place, you see that Joshua was key as a mighty leader. He was key to seeing that the people served God. And it says here that even after Joshua had died, the elders who outlived Joshua, they had seen the great works of the Lord, which the Lord had done for Israel. And so they spoke about it. And in verse 8, we'll see that now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. Verse 9, and they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnath Harris, in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gash. Verse 10, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them, who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. So all the generations that knew the Lord and saw the works of God in Israel had passed on. And so another generation came in and they didn't know anything about the Lord. They weren't told about the works of the Lord. They didn't have personal encounters with the Lord. They didn't remember anything. And so you see that in the following verses... Because they weren't aware of this mighty God of Israel and all the mighty works he had done for his people. In verse 11 says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the bounds. See, there's mighty power in using your voice to tell your children about the works of the Lord. Because even when everything around them is anti-God because you've instilled the power of God inside of them, the presence of God, the mighty works of God. I want you to trust that they will remember that God is faithful, that God is able to do mighty things. And when the people around them do not walk in the ways of the Lord, they will remember that there is a God somewhere. We often wonder 
why generations forget what happened in the previous generation is because we're not telling them stories. Unfortunately, the stories that are being transferred most of the time are not what edifies the Lord. So I want to encourage you, people of God, begin to tell your children about the mighty works of God in your life. Begin to sow those seeds in their life so that we can keep having generations that hear of the Lord, that trust the Lord in their tough times, that know that there is God in the midst of a crazy world. We wonder why our young people are deviating from the Lord. We often wonder why things are just going downhill when it comes to Christendom. When it comes to the works of the Lord, when it comes to the testimonies of God's great works in our lives. They don't know. They don't know. And so we spend so much time telling them, don't do this, don't do that. Oh, this is how you should do this. That is good and fine. But how about telling them the things that God has done in your life? They will never forget and they'll pass it on. I remember there was a time my mom literally fell in a pit. She climbed on this cemented pit filled with like sewage and all the nasty stuff. And because the concrete on it was so weak, it broke and my mom fell in. And when she fell in, she was supposed to go down like this was a very deep pit like you would say like 20 feet and my mom was just five six and somehow she didn't go all the way down her feet was resting on nothing like there wasn't a big pile of some cushioned waste for her to rest this is liquid waste this is feces this is liquid decayed stuff and she was hanging with her neck over on top of this liquid decayed stuff. It was a miracle. Like my mom's life was a miracle. And while she was out there, she was screaming. <laughs> this is the crazy thing about my mom. My mom would kill a snake, but she could not stand rats. She will scream her lungs out. She will make all these noises. It was so funny. You'd see her jumping all over the place at the sight of a rat. So when she was screaming, I think... <laughs> Somebody was at the house and they heard her screaming and they just thought that, okay, maybe she saw a rat outside or something. But I remember when that incident happened, a lot of people heard about it in the city. And when we were speaking with mom, I remember she was saying that she knew she wasn't going to die. Because she said when she was a baby, they had just wrapped her up in like a cloth. She said she was a month or two old she was so little and they said they had bundled her up cute little baby and she fell asleep and for some reason she rolled from her bed to the floor and rolled underneath the bed her mom passed the story on to her and so she was passing the story on to me she said her mom said when she walked into the the house her baby wasn't on the bed and she was like who took her baby only to look underneath the bed and there was mom all bundled up and sleeping okay here's the strangest thing there were aunts my mom says that there were aunts all over her moving all over her face and entering all over the wrappings and her mom screamed thinking that she was dead 
her mom grabbed her from underneath the bed and shook her and she woke up and her mom wrapped her and started cleaning and clearing out all the ants from her and so my mom told me that she was so sure she will never die <laughs> that was what she used to say and so much so that even in her later years when she was actually very sick and eventually died I remember when I would speak with her she would say wow you see with those two incidences when I was a baby and I fell and as a baby falling down you know the baby would wake up and scream or something but she didn't scream it was nothing nobody knew that she was even underneath the bed and then with ants all over her entering into her nose into her ears it was the weirdest thing and her mom said that they thought she was dead and she didn't die and then with the falling into this deep pit and her feet not resting on anything like she just fell through and the Lord just miraculously made sure that her head didn't go underneath that she didn't go all the way down she was hanging on nothing on nothing she said I never thought that I would die and so that stuck with me and even when I went through my near death experience I just knew that this angelic hovering around me just like my mom could say that angels have always protected her lifting her, protecting her from falling down the pit. And so he stuck with me. See, if you pass the stories of encounters with the God of Israel, of the workings of the God of Israel in your life, the workings of your daddy, your children will remember God. They will at least, even if the they don't remember the Bible, all the things you told them don't do or do. They will remember. You see, in the case of the Israelites, they couldn't remember anything because that generation that had those encounters did not pass it on. They did not make it a reality in generations after that. It was the same thing that happened with the Israelites when they were in the land of Egypt, you know, the whole story was because Joseph was a king. A series of events led him to be the second person in command in Egypt. He brought his family there, and then they started procreating, and then they started having generations of children. And then after many years, a king came. And of course, you can check that out in Exodus 1, 8 to 12. A king came. Who knew nothing about Joseph? And instead of working together with the Israelites and making them a part of society, he began to seek for ways to get rid of them, not trust in them, and you read all that. And there's something about passing on the goodness of God to the next generation. So I want to encourage you now. Find moments with your loved ones. Tell them about what the Lord has done in your life. Let it be a story that carries them on, even in their darkest times.
let it be a story that they treasure, that they hang on to, to know that they will pass through the darkness into the light. Let it be that even when you're no more on this earth, your story lives on. And that your story is still transforming lives and drawing people onto Jesus. Let your life's testimony live on far beyond you. That's why we still talk about people, heroes in the Bible, and even those who are not in the Bible. And we talk about all these great people, Robert Mueller. We talk about, you know, Joanne of Ark. We talk about all these people because of their workings with the Lord and how they allow the outworkings of the Holy Spirit within them. And that pushes us on to know that we can also have that relationship. And so we keep strong in the Lord. We continue to bring forth God's presence into every arena of our lives. And so we pass on to generations the goodness of God, the ever-presence of God within them. Do not underestimate your influence. See, it could have just been Joshua. But scripture says that even the elders who outlived him were passing on the service towards God, the worship of God. But once they were gone, a generation came that didn't have any of that. And so they began to worship idols. And they were not delightful towards God. And they suffered for it. You are important. Your story is important. Your life is important. Your encounters with the Lord is important. When you set out today and you see the Lord deliver you from that accident, talk about it. When you set out today and you're in so much pain and you whisper, God, heal me. And he heals you. Talk about it. Let everyone around you hear the stories of what your God is doing in your life. Let it be that in their times of difficulty, they can call on the Jesus that shows forth for you. And they can also tell their loved ones to call on Jesus. I think and I believe we will be more effective talking about God's goodness in our lives, talking about our encounters with God than telling people, don't do this, don't do that, or condemning them, or telling them that they are not following our God so they are no longer people we want to hang out with, or telling people that they are useless because they don't believe in the Lord. What story have you told them? I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as you listen to this, the Lord will begin to prompt you about all the good things he is doing in your life and that you begin to share that and that you will change someone's life that someone will come to know Jesus you don't know who is going to be a leader generations after you you don't know which of your stories will influence that leader and how much influence that leader will have over a people you never got to see on this side of heaven so go on, go on. Let your voice be heard. Let the goodness of the Lord be spoken about through your voice. In Jesus' mighty name, have an awesome day.